Welcome to the Road to Blake Street. Banter where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other is going to school to learn what it means. Um, Tyler, what's up, big dog? What up? I, I still don't I still don't know. I did not learn what banter meant this year at well, school. You have a few more years left to figure it out. Hopefully they put that in the curriculum. I, I would certainly hope. That's in all this time we've spent doing this. Um, you know, it's it's been on my mind. I've, I've been curious. Um <laughs> Context clues. That's what, that's what I've been trying to do, but still don't know. So. It's hard out here. It's hard out here. You're 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 learning so much. It's just gonna be hard to learn what that is. Um, we are back for first time in a hot minute. Tyler and I have not talked probably what late September, early September, end of the season probably. I don't know if we talked after postseason or not, but we're back to give a mid off season minor league update. There's been some moves. Um, we'll probably sprinkle some major league stuff in there because I mean. It is the Rockies. They have done some things, which is fun. Uh, a few weeks ago, James and I talked a lot about the Rockies big league club, but some changes have been there and we're going to release this right before Christmas. So you have a little, some holiday cheer in your ear, ooh, bars, and hopefully a uh, quick three out three outs with a prospect um, at the end of this. Still trying to figure that out, but like a little holiday gift at the end of this pod. So buckle in, buckle up and let's roll with it. Um, a lot of cool things in the winter meetings. Rockies didn't do shit. And that's, I think, the more and more as we figure it out, I think it's okay. Um, but you and I, big minor league dudes, what did you think of, like, the MLB draft lottery? And I say minor league dudes draft lottery because those guys are going to go straight to the minors. So get off your high horse, uh, Penguin is life. Um, what did you think of the draft lottery? Just straight up. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it, it, for us, it's very easy to get frustrated by it we got first time it happens and the rockies get kind of shorted moving back a spot like one spot yep it just it sucks seeing the twins who were a borderline playoff team last year move up i think they finished with the fifth they got their fifth, for the yeah. fifth pick from like and 14th i think or something y- yeah like I, I get that's the purpose the it's the odds it's a lottery but with this new CBA and, and just a lot of talk about trying to define the competitive balance, you know, this, we saw a couple smaller market teams get shorted. And even though the small market teams are one of the big kind of thought, like thoughts is that, Hey, they need to spend more money um, to be better. But the draft is, is just always been that way for these teams to get better. And yep. really for the Rocky, I, I just, I was hoping to move up. Like would they had a good chance to move up and then they get moved down because of a team like the twins with their really low odds, you know, it, it'll give and take, but it, the first one was a little frustrating. I, at least it's just for the first round, you know, this doesn't determine and one pick for the Rockies doesn't make a huge difference later in the draft, but you know, the first round is, is significant. Um, You know, there's always that chance you're going to have a guy, have your eye on a guy and, and miss him. I think also a big thing is when you when you think about the MLB draft and the signing bonuses, that cut like three hundred thousand dollars to three hundred thousand. I'd have to look at the specific numbers. It's about two three hundred thousand dollars from the Rockies uh, pool. Yeah, they can use to sign those guys. And when you think about what that two to three hundred thousand dollars is, that's you know it is kind of significant. That's basically a like a fifth sixth round pick um, that you're kind of getting shorted. So it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, to crack into. There's disappointing, I, but yeah, I, I guess it'll give and take, uh, you know, throughout the years. 
I, I mean, you definitely said it more elegantly than I would have, right? I'm not here for elegance, but you, the, just the idea of the lottery, I absolutely loved. I thought it was pretty cool how it was a closed door meeting. Like every executive that was representing each team went into this room for three hours. They all had to put their phone in a box. It was all secret. They couldn't leave that room until the draft lottery was presented, which could use some updates. The pre presentation of the lottery wasn't too exciting, but like the drum roll and stuff was kind of fun. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, competitive balance and all that. I, I like it, but like, I think the biggest part, my, one of my questions on the, on the rundown here, does it even matter? Like you went down one draft pick. Does it really matter that much? And I think a lot of just normal fans forget about the, the pool money, like what you just touched base on, like the twins earned what, $3 million, $2 million in pool money or something crazy. Um, That's probably an exaggeration. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, going to get Mike. So yeah. Why you contact Mike? Like I'm pretty sure them going up those 13, 12 picks, they earned that extra money competitive balance playoff team, blah, blah. So there's that to think about, but like from an eight to a nine spot, probably not that much, but the money that's involved with those picks, I think is a kind of a big deal. And having that shot, you know, maybe the Rockies are on a borderline playoff team and we get that luck of the draw, but I love it. I think it's fantastic. I love how the top, what is it? 12 teams are not even involved. Like they don't get a ball in the, in the draft. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, all right, you guys are good. Don't get out of here. The rest of you figure it out. I thought that was pretty fun. What's my guy? Oh, Mike's still wait. Where did where did the tw where were the twins? I want to say they were like 14, 15, 16, starting around there. Okay. So if we go 14. Last year the 14th pick came with a 4.2 million dollar okay. signing bonus. The fifth pick comes with 6.4. So you get two million, million dollars. That is more than the 39th pick in the draft, the entire 39th pick in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, maybe so that's for people who don't dive into this too much, maybe that's kind of like a whatever 39th pick. It's not even a first rounder. You know, it, this is that was a really significant thing that happened. I think any shifting that happens is really significant because of the money tied into it. Um, you know, we so we've seen like a lot of teams. You look at the Rangers, they got really creative with their pool. They basically got two first rounders. They yeah, manipulated they the pool to get two first rounders um, by, you know, you negotiate with these guys, Brock Porter, who was a projected top 15 pick. They take him. I, I forget when their second pick was. It was like the fourth round. I think they take a first round talent in the fourth round. The MLB draft is not like a regular draft where it's really about the draft order. It's more about the money associated with the draft. You could, you know, the number one overall talent in the draft, you could, you as the team with the 30th pick, if you really wanted to take one guy in the draft, you could say, hey, Drew Jones, we're going to take you at 30th overall and give you all our money. And he would be like, if you give me more than anyone else, like, I'll do it. Yeah. So the money flying around, that's, you know, it's it's significant. I think that, yeah, that that's it, it changes. going to have to be, you know, swallowed. Yeah, it changes a lot of what your drafts is going to look like come June. So that's pretty big. I again, I thought it was fun. I I like it. Like I like what NBA does and the NHL do it, and I like how MLB put their own little twist on it. And it did seem corrupt, which is always a question mark now. Um, right on to the Rule Five drafts. So I loved this. I was all about it. A lot of updates. Thank you, Purple Row, for the shout out, France Rockies. Um, 
I remember geeking out about it last summer when they did the minor league draft, uh, rule five, and it was fun. It was a good time. I had to listen to it on the radio while I was cooking dinner. So like, you're welcome. I'm just saying how much work I put in here. Somebody recognize me. Thank you. Moving on. The Rockies drafted Kevin Kelly. And again, I was busy. wasn't able to see all the trades and stuff, but I guess he was flipped real quick. So he came from the guardians and he was flipped to the rays, which makes me worried Tyler that we missed out on a dude because the guardians are a pitching factory. The rays are a pitching factory and they had one. And then we gave it to the other one and we were the sandwich in the middle. Did we miss out on a dude? I mean, I I think the Rockies are in that perfect position to take a shot on a guy like Kevin Kelly, 25 years old, pitched in AAA last year, put up really good numbers. I I don't have enough off of it, like, you know, stuff like the scouting report right now. But based on the numbers, that's a really good pitcher, a guy who was basically a lot to be a big leaguer this year. Yep. You know, I'd like to know how much money they got. Maybe, maybe it. No, it really why are they disclosing a, that? Yeah, we we need to know. <laughs> right. Maybe that you know, maybe they got like the money to pay a couple guys' salaries or something. Which I don't condone that because you should still be able to do that regardless. Um, but maybe they said, "Hey, we don't want to take the risk because in the Rule Five draft, if I'm not mistaken, it, unless it changed, if you select a guy and then have to send him back to a team, you have to pay." Five hundred thousand yep. dollars. Yeah, again, with that that should not be an obstacle. That should not be you know the reason that you make these moves is is kind of these these small chunks of money, small in relative terms, not not small to with, them. With not what they're them. doing this off season, five hundred thousand yeah, is a small amount. Yeah, we're looking at four billion is probably going to get hit this off season for free agents. Five hundred thousand, and that and that grand scheme of things, not big. I think Kevin Kelly, yeah, he's going to be a good pitcher. It just makes sense. The Rays love to stock up on these guys. And kind of something interesting, we saw JP Fireising, who was yeah. pretty pretty solid reliever for them last year before an injury. I think the injury plays a lot into that. They decided to designate Fireising, and now they have Kelly. Like they kind of they didn't they didn't do an apples for apples swap with those guys because Fireising was going to cost them like a million, couple million dollars. But you know they think this guy can be in their. Uh, so I w- I hope the Rockies scary. got money. They actually got money because in reality, you know, you could be incentivized to help another team out lower and say, "Hey, buy me dinner." Like right. you as the general manager could be like, "Cover not not literally like that would be that'd be illegal and you'd get fired." But you could say, "Give me give us like a thousand bucks and we'll we'll take this guy and trade him to you." Like you know that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Can so the, yeah, I feel it. It it. I mean, there's a, two sides. Like, maybe the Rays just call the Rockies. Hey, you do anything with the real five pick? No? All right. Can you draft Kelly for us? We'll send you some cash. I wonder if that was a phone call. Or also the Rays called uh, Dick and said, hey, remember how good Herman Marquez has been for you since we sent you him, you know, six years ago, seven years ago? Uh, could you just add a little bit to it since if, to make the trade even or something? Some little back pay or something. Who knows? I mean, Dick is a wild card, so you never know how that's going to play out. Um, the MI, so that was it. Rockies picked one guy, none of their guys got picked. Um, so that was good. So Carl's still with us, Aaron Shunk's still with us, Grant Levine's still with us. So that's huge. Love that. Like, worried about those guys being picked. I thought Carl might. There's a few relievers that could have been picked, but we're safe. Our guys are safe, and I love that. Um, but then the triple A, the minor league rule five came into play, 
And this, so these guys have to be in the AAA roster all next season. Um, it's a lot of filler moves. That's kind of how it plays out. The Phillies drafted, I think, eight minor league rule five guys to fill up the rosters. Short shots, pitchers all across the board. The Guardians and the Dodgers name kept popping up about being taken, players being taken from them. But it's a lot of relief pitchers, a lot of pitchers being taken, a few catchers were moved, being moved, um, and a very few position players. So the Rockies got two guys, Eli Lingos and Nick Kuzia. Lingos, I believe, was the dude from the Guardians. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, So another Guardian connection. We had Nolan Jones. We had Kevin Kelly, Eli Lingos. Kind of felt that kind of feel. But let's talk about Eli. Um, I'm going to say I think he has a shot to make the major leagues this year. His stuff plays. It's very good. Um, He's 22nd rounder out of 2018 out of Arizona State. He has a career minor league whip of 1.15 and a career K per nine of 8.65. He hit triple A for the first time last year for just a little bit. His numbers ballooned tad, but his strikeouts increased. His whip stayed the same and his hits um, went down while his walks went up. So take that how you want. When he went up to triple A going from double A, triple A is always hard. Um, What do you know about Eli? What do you got? Oh, you you skipped a real important detail that usually I do. You know, really ring on ears for Rockies fans. He's left-handed. Let's like, go. He's he's a solid pitcher, like you mentioned. Um, you know, last year in AAA, three point three two ERA in AAA. I don't think he's not a Pacific Coast leaguer, so it's not like you know that that dungeon of a pitching you know environment like where guys just hate to be. Right. But three point three two ERA for for him, you know that's you take that and not a strike, not a huge strikeout guy, but the command is good. The, the you know the control. You look at at his has at his walk numbers throughout his career, really good there. Doesn't yep. give up home runs, so you're looking at a lefty. I would I I again we don't have you know scattering reports on a lot of these guys. These if these guys are taken in the MILB Rule Five, they're not top prospects. Again, twenty second rounder. There's not a lot of guys going to games to see Eli Lingo. So obviously the Rockies did. And I think they found a, an intriguing piece. These are the depth pieces that you really need in your system. And, you know, I agree, Aaron. I think he's going to be on the, the big league roster at some point this year, assuming nothing, you know, catastrophic happens. Could even like, you know, maybe break camp with the team if he has a really good spring. Like, yeah, you need that. You need lefties. The Rockies have two right now. Yeah. So. I mean, it was a good pick. I like the pick. It's a good Flyers. Why not? Like, the AAA barn is already kind of depleted, so why not? Add, add an arm. Um, next guy was Nick Kuzia. Um, his numbers are not so stellar, coming from the Tigers organization. I never did see him. He, he's been kind of bounced around. He was with the Padres, Detroit last year, so he was down in northern Ohio, not in western Michigan, so I wasn't able to see him. Um, he was a, he's a free agent, undrafted free agent, worked his way over these last six years into where he is now. Um, last year, um, across all leagues, four, nine, eight ERA, um, where are we at here? Sorry guys. Six home runs, given up 30 walks to 54 strikeouts. Um, and then a whip of 1.4. So numbers aren't great. Numbers are there. Um, but he is a fantastic follow on the, on the Twitter. 
yeah. so follow him on there and his instagram he has some cool things on instagram does some uh pitching work and whatnot this one seems like a filler no offense kuzia i know you're you're a baller and you're gonna do you um but this is like a flyer let's see what we can get out of a a guy that's kind of grinded over these last few years um want to add anything yeah i think it's interesting that he was taken in the same exact position like mlb rule five by the tigers last year for the rockies for the tigers went like this and while they're taking him the rockies are like yeah we're gonna take that and do the same thing um you know he, he's six four he's listed at 190 so i mean I, I think a lot of the the listed weights are come like from years in the past so maybe he's he's bulked up a bit but it does hint you know maybe there's there's a little bit of upside in there um again we don't know a lot about these guys these are not notable prospects so there, there's not public scouting reports um maybe maybe he has a big arm and and that's something you take a shot on so yeah. we'll see i would be cool uh, again these these guys both pitched at triple a last year they're going to be in spring training with the rockies they're going to get a, a, a decent look we're going to see them in spring training games on tv so that's where we're really going to get to know what's going on um right. here with these guys i mean we'll try to dig into this a little bit more um, you know, we I'll can dig back you. into some MILB, uh, you know, MILB TV games. We might, yeah. we can try to look into that uh, and give you guys a report. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on the on these guys because depth arms, depth bullpen arms. You never know what's going to happen. They could they could tweak a grip, one pitch grip changes the the you know course of their career. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens to these guys. You need to take shots like this. This I'm glad they took two guys and not just one because you, you never know. Yeah. And again, you're not picking position players that are going to change the mold in the rule five minor league or major. Like this, you're, you're adding relief depth, starting depth, maybe a catcher or two. Like there's like, for example, the Rockies lost two guys, like Isaac Collins and Mateo Gill. Mateo Gill hasn't seen over high A. He's bounced around two organizations already. He hasn't been healthy over a lot. But he went to the Mets, who need a shortstop filler at the double-A, triple-A level. So Mateo Gill is now with the New York Mets organization. Isaac Collins, which is kind of sad because he, he's just a good dude. Out of Creighton, friends with friends of the pod. Connection with Justin Wick. Like, Isaac Collins is just a guy. Numbers weren't very good last year, but the numbers in 2021 were fantastic in high A. So you you take a flyer to the Brewers on a utility guy like Collins, second baseman, third baseman, play corner if you want. You see what you have. Mateo Gill, he was in the Nolan trade. I think what we have Gomber left in Montero. I think might be it. I don't know who else is left at that trade. Um, but Mateo is there. Um, he's gone. I don't think we miss a lot. I don't think we miss a lot of major league stuff with that, but you're losing out on some some guys, just dudes. Mateo Gill has the major league pedigree with his dad, Benji. Um, you got to feel for Mateo a little bit. Hasn't been healthy. Hasn't been in a solid organization. No consistency over the last two years, three years. So you, that's got to take a toll. And you just always feel for the guys as they're trying to grind and make their way up. Um, but as an organization standpoint, I don't think we're missing too much with those guys. Um, yeah, it's it's sad to see Gilga just because of why is he was with the Rockies. Right. Um, but it was two years, kind of frustrating years that you you were hoping he was going to take that next step as this this guy was drafted out of high school with a lot of upside, and that upside has had not come together to this point. Maybe the Mets have a plan. Isaac Collins, like you know, you said the numbers were really good, utility guy. So I'm I'm sad about that one, but at the same time, 
you know, hit a wall at double A. We'll find out whether that was really a wall or just kind of a, you know, a, a slow transition adjustment for him. But yeah, right. it, it, you, this this kind of draft, the way it's supposed to work is just a, a shuffle up. Yeah. Give guys another chance, um, you know, keep like, like you mentioned, a lot of really good teams had a lot of players taken. So in a way, this is a balancing uh, draft. You're trying to to keep teams from just stocking up a ton of depth. So that, that's just what this is. You, you're juggling guys. Someone takes one of your balls, you take one of theirs. Mm. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on all four of these guys, um, Lingos, Kuzia, Collins, and Gill, and just see, um, you know, how, how things go. Yeah, yeah. We got you, fan. We got you. Uh, speaking of balls being juggled, uh, a trade. Chad Smith went to Oakland and we received a Jeff Criswell instead. Um, Chad Smith pitched 18 innings at the big league club last year, seven plus ERA. Most of that was from ballooned from a terrible game by the Rockies. And he just had to kind of do swamp up duty type filler. I think it was a double header day. Even um, I remember that for whatever reason, but Chad Smith wasn't, wasn't terrible. I think he led the topes in saves last year. He was fantastic at AAA. All the numbers there. And like we saw it with all the guys that came up from the Albert Albuquerque Isotopes. Like they just struggled when they made the major leagues. Um, not to say Chad Smith can't be great. And if he is going to be great, it's the Oakland A's that are going to fix him because they just seem to be a pitching factory too low key. Um, but Jeff Criswell, I'm pretty stoked about this. I like Jeff, like looking at his stuff. It just adds another depth piece because I think you can go starter or reliever. Um, you're the expert. I'm just the guy that has the mic. Uh, what do you know about Jeff here? What can you tell us about Criswell? I mean, I'll I'll just kind of start by saying this was a a, a good trade for the Rockies. Uh, you know, the what? con is you you lose some bullpen depth. Smith was was that seven, eighth, ninth guy in the bullpen. At least from the right, the right-handed side of things, um, you know, very good shot to make the team again this year. He's a good slider, good sinker. Just didn't quite get to see the consistency build up in the big leagues. But Chris Well is a starter with four solid pitches. Uh, the fastball is, is is a good mid nineties offering with some some run to it. Um, solid slider, solid changeup. Those are two pitches that look like they can be average or better MLB offerings and then he can throw a curveball that is not you know just some some let me throw it in there that's like a, a pitch he's going to use five to ten percent of the time and you know throw guys off control is good um can't speak as much on the command that's something you have to really pay like close attention to um I, I think because of that you get you get three solid pitches a fourth one that that exists and you get good control this is this is a very likely starter at the big league level. I think right now he fills kind of an, a need behind Ryan Rawls and Peter Lambert. Noah Davis, we don't know. Maybe, maybe they see the Rocky see Davis as a as a reliever. I like I like him as a starter, but maybe they see him as a reliever. And this he's he's behind, if you think about Davis as a starter, he goes right behind that. He's the next guy up to the 40 man, I think, as a starter. He might jump in front of Car- uh, Carl even. Um, you know, don't like to to talk down on our friends at the pod, but Noah's a Noah's a friend though. Carl. So Noah's a friend too. So you can talk him up. You're not talking yeah. down. You're talking up. It's all good. So you know, Chris. Well, like this is this is maybe the next guy up to the 40 man roster. A guy who who might see the big leagues okay. this year. Definitely going to see the 40 man at the end of the season. He's going to be Rule Five Dang. eligible. 
you know, it's a good arm. Unless, again, unless, like I mentioned earlier, I forget what I what I mentioned the catastrophe with, but unless there's a catastrophe, he'll be on the forty man after this year. So we'll see him in the big leagues at some point next year. Absolutely. Whether that's again could be this year, but by next year, absolutely. Okay. Big words right there. That might just, that might be the uh, podcast title right there. Um, <laughs> I mean, looking at this, just what you just said. I know again we're minor league pod right now, but you got a Ryan Rollison, Peter Lambert, Noah Davis, Carl Kaufman, and a Jeff Criswell down in Albuquerque to start the season. Like that's not a bad, not a bad pool to pick from. Like well, there's some talent. You, you there. look at what it was last year. Yeah, it was a lot of minor league free agent signings. Guys that you just needed to fill up the innings. So this year you've got some legitimate prospects there. And Harper is going to be loaded too. Like you know, Case and Joe Rock, Mason Green, um, a few other guys that are blanking on. And the double A and triple A staff. Nick Bush and triple A too. Yeah, Nick yeah, Bush. That, that dude was, Nick. He was a dude last year. So. Yeah, that injury sucks. I think he got married. I think he got married this offseason. I see how that man's yeah. doing. See if you got a new tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) our tattoo talk with him was it was a fun one. Nick Bush is good. Um, love that guy. All right, so Rockies want to trade. Criswell is gonna be a 40 man dude. All right, big shoes. Um, all right, let's kind of lock this in. Transactions, Rockies have made some moves. Um, we've talked about, I guess, Nolan Jones. We talked about last time with uh James and I. So if you want to go get your Nolan Jones fix, go ahead. I really love that move. I'll keep saying that. But some other low-key moves, former first-rounders joining joining the squad. Rockies love just picking these. And you know there's some kind of Colorado connection or Bill Schmidt drafted, scouted these guys 15 years ago when they are at six type connection. Who knows? But Cole Tucker, former first-rounder, was huge for the Pirates a few years ago. Um, he's dating somebody famous. Uh, Hudgens? I I think it's and Vanessa yeah, Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. No if idea who she is. If you're a high school musical fan, you're going to be a Cole Tucker fan. Okay. So yeah. there's no way that that's just a really good looking couple. So there goes that. Um, Vanessa Hudgens in Colorado. This is, that is the real story here. <laughs> like I know Susie Hunter is like just foaming at the mouth somewhere. She loves that stuff. So Cole Tucker, like we did this last year with Tim Lopes. Um, feels very Tim Lopes. Like Cole Tucker, I don't know. I just, I think it's a filler baby. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I just, it's there. Um, TJ Zuck, Zuech, Z-U-E-C-H, former first rounder, um, was with the Reds last year, Cardinals before that, um, bounced around. Again, seems like another filler. 6'7", 245, dude. Has some major league experience. Um, Drafted out of the first round with the Blue Jays. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, when he was drafted, this is, well, this, see, here's um, MLB.com's 2019 scouting grades. This was the last year they had him as a top 30 prospect. They dropped a 60 on his fastball, 55 on his curveball, 45 on his slider and changeup, and 50 control. So, wow. That was 2019. He, obviously has not done great in the big leagues, but 2019 and 2020, he did, he, let's see, was that 34 innings of, of pretty good ball. It just came apart 2021 and 2022 things kind of came apart. So 
it's it's indefinite like reclamation kind of thing maybe mm-hmm. he bounces back and you know i like this because this is a true this is a guy who's going to be right on the cusp of the big leagues um yeah you know depending on on where he comes in for, in terms of spring training and how he looks maybe he breaks camp with the big leagues like this is a competitive minor league free agent signing Cole Tucker, I don't want to say that's not a competitive minor league signing, but it's he has a real long shot to make the, the MLB roster with with TJ. And I I think it's like, I, I'm not positive. I think it's like TJ Zyke. I think this is a guy we'll probably see in a Rockies uniform at some point. So kind of exciting to see guys like that get signed that have a lot of talent pedigree um, pitcher. And just see what we can hone out of them. Um, and then the Rockies major league signed. $5 million, one year. Pierce Johnson was fantastic. Lights out 2020, 2021. Um, but he is a fastball curveball dude, but his curveball is elite. Um, I posted up there. It's like, I'm intrigued about how this plays at altitude. Um, so the numbers I've seen, it looks like it plays. Uh, quick analysis on Pierce. I mean, I, I think the big thing, and I saw a couple tweets flying around like a fastball curve by a curveball guy at cores but all curveballs are not created equally all sliders are not created equally right. we all want to see the sliders but i i think those terms get thrown around like just people people look at a pitch and like yeah that's probably more of a curveball see a pitch oh that's probably more of a slider but there's some sliders that are more curveball than than some curveballs are curveball i think that's sort of the case with johnson you know he doesn't have that that loopy huge vertical drop shape he's got like a a, more of a slurve almost a slider type of curveball so it's a great pitch it's hard um you know i think you can think about him just as like another fastball slider guy again it's not quite a slider but i think really those those kinds of of pitch names get thrown around a little bit too loosely um you know his curve can can certainly play at altitude. If you're looking at Clayton Kershaw's 12-6, he might have an issue at cores. As we all know, that guy dodges his cores appearances. Yes, Pierce Johnson, I think his curve, I think his curve will play well. You're looking at your 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 Tyler Kinley until Tyler Kinley can return. And then and then Pierce is a is a seventh inning high leverage guy when, yeah. when you need that. I mean, this bullpen, when Tyler Kinley gets back. Like and this bullpen salty. could be good. <laughs> it's salty. Like but... you got Bard, eventually Kinley, Gilbreth has. I mean, Gil Gilbreth has had moments where you're like, "This is a guy." He's, he's young. Had some moments where you're like, "Wait, this is that supposed to be a guy?" Right. Um. You know, you move down from Brent Suter was a real underrated move. That is, that's a course pitcher made in the lab. Yeah. Um. You know another lefty, so you, so you have some lefties this year. Um, Jake Bird, we love Jake say, Bird. Jake Bird, Trevor Lawrence coming in, like not Trevor. <laughs> we got Jay, Trevor Lawrence. Shout out I, to Trevor Lawrence with the Jags. That dude is he's living up to every the single time. Terrible at this, but yeah, Justin Lawrence, our our yeah. sidearm wizard. That dude is a slinger. Um, I don't want to ch- I don't want to cheat and look for more names, but I mean we we just tossed out a handful of really solid arms and then you got so. the new 40 calvo pint um and yeah Puyan. i mean like with with blair calvo like that i think that dude is mlb ready and we will see There's you know what he can bring to the table this year so 
Bullpen, and remember, and, you know, I like that they're addressing the bullpen. Like exactly, like TJ Zike is another is another one that could be in the mix. So exactly, and that that's a great segue into what it is. Um, off season grade. Yeah. I mean, I I want to say my piece uh, real quick, but like, remember, this isn't the year the Rockies are winning the World Series. This isn't the year the Rockies are going to make the playoffs. This is the year the Rockies are figuring out what they have for twenty twenty four. I'm going to continue standing on that soapbox. Keep listening to it the much as you can. This is the year they figure out what they have, and they're adding all these pieces in the pin to figure out what they have. And so with that being said, an off-season grade, I'm actually changing what I typed in the rundown. I'm going higher. I'm giving it a B. I'm giving it a B because the contracts that are being thrown around um, for these big stars, I am so happy the Rockies are not doing that again. We have that in KB. We played that out with Chuck. It didn't work out with Nolan. We have all of those things. The Elias Diaz contract isn't very good. And that was only three years. Like you see Correa going for nine years. He's going to be playing at 40. Is it 40, 40 years old, 41. I think he went for 13 years, 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. He's going to be playing until he's 41. Um, You have Xander Bogart's playing nine years in San Diego. He's going to hit up his 40 year um, thing. Um, San Francisco. No, that's Correa there's another one in the nl west um dodgers sign anybody i don't know but like uh, but i mean trey trey turner kind of did a, a similar thing just um you know aaron judge for nine years yeah. 40 years at 40 million per like there's no way you're getting two-thirds of a return on these investments and the rockies avoiding that is fantastic nimmo was the prime one that was the one i was thinking of everybody oh, wanted yeah. nimmo and he signed with the mets seven years I think seven, yeah. And like seven, I saw like that 150, 160, I'm 170. Stoked. I'm stoked the Rockies are not connected to that for seven years. Because Nimmo's not playing center field in three years. He's not yeah. not in Coors. Like, and you avoided that. And Zach Venus and neither of you all get off that. Um we're not gonna get into that, but we're not. We'll save that. We'll save that. That, that may be like it's... a Twitter space or something. No, but I love the fact that the Rockies aren't doing that. And I'm bumping up my original C to a B. Um, I'm curving it. It's finals week. You get a little, <laughs> you made me feel, you feel good. You did something nice for me by not doing something. And I love that. And like you said, they've addressed pitching. That's all they need to do. You have guys like Sean Bouchard, Brenton Doyle. You have Nolan Jones that are these backups. We always forget about Connor Joe who can still play. Like you have these guys that can man an outfield for a little bit and they're not blocking anybody. You have Tolia in right, you have Daza in center, you have KB in left, and then you can mix and match all around it. And I love the fact the Rockies didn't sign a bad signing. That's my piece. Yeah. The Rockies have a B offseason move. I mean, I'm I'm in, intrigued to see what happens. I know that we're still in during like this this offseason is still happening, but I'm intrigued right. to see is next season going to deliver more of these contracts? Because what we're seeing insane. is the big market teams are, are just sacrificing two extra years on the contract to give these players to stomach, basically more of a total, you know, guarantee to these guys at a slightly lower a something that they can, they can manage year to year. You give Xander Boga. I, I don't know the exact, I forget the details, but you give them nine years at like, 30 million a year like yeah in reality these guys market value is is more than than what they've got i know that sounds crazy that they're, they're right. getting 30 to 40 million and that's not their market value but it's not like these guys 
especially when you consider what they did free arbitration, all that, like their market value. It's like a lot of these guys are worth like 35, 40 in the case of an Aaron judge, 45, 50 million. Yeah, he's going to give you, you everything you paid him, but you, you just can't give out that big of a contract year to year. So these teams that have a ton of money to spend are just tacking on extra years to bring the AAV down a little bit. Yep. They say, Hey, we'll give you 20 million when you're 40 years old, as long as we don't have to give you 40 million this year. So yeah, I'm just interested to see where it goes. I don't know where the Rockies fit into that. They're not going to do like, I cannot see the Rockies going out and signing who's left Dansby. I mean, they're not going to sign Dansby Swanson, but like Joey Gallo signing. You're looking at Joey Gallo, Michael Conforto, Profar is a top 25 free agent to start the offseason. I don't, but I even mean not, like, I just don't see them being the team to give someone a seven, eight year yeah, contract. Exactly. Like, they're not that. I think K, what KB got six, I think, right? Right. He gets seven. Seven. I mean, okay. But, but also KB, there's a lot more. There's a backstory there and all that. Um, <laughs> also, a former MVP. Dansby Swanson, great player, not a former MVP. Not not saying the KB contract was great, but they're not they're not going to do that again. Exactly. Um, so I don't know where the Rockies fit into this. So I I agree that them not going out and giving, uh, you know, Brandon Nimmo like a six year, hundred fifty million dollar contract. You know, I I don't think that was bad. I really wanted Nimmo, but at not the end of the day, years. it was going to be difficult. Yeah. Um. So I I I do like the overall moves they've made. I, I'm gonna go, you know, along along your lines, give him a little curve. I had a C plus in the rundown. I'm gonna go all the way to a B minus. Just just to be like to move things up a 89, little bit. Eighty nine four up to an eighty nine yeah. six. <laughs> we're we're moving things like like a lot. Um but seventy nine four again addressing the pitching cost effective ways, Pierce Johnson could be a really good pitcher for them this year at five million. Um, you know, they made some some cost effective moves. I like TJ Zyke and and you know the mix, Jeff Chriswell. That was a that was a heck of a trade. Mm-hmm. You trade a reliever guy you know is in the pen, maybe going to be a good reliever, but you trade that for a starter. That like so the math there like. doesn't add up. So, excuse me. That was a really that was a really good trade for the Rockies, in my opinion. Yep. Nolan Jones. I like that they get another high floor in there. Um, you know they're kind of just packing it in. Like I don't know who's going to play where. It's a it's a huge logjam in that that corner situation, but he's a good enough player that I I'll lot him for right. So B minus. I'm I would like them to make another move. Still either an out like a center fielder or a catcher. I think they really need one of those. Maybe a back end starter. But I'm kind of just rooting for our guys like Rollison, Noah Davis. Um, yep. you know maybe Peter. I I don't know what to expect from Peter Lambert. May, I want those guys to be fighting for that that next fifth spot, but. I mean, the Rockies already have five starters if you include Ryan Feldner. So I'm not, you know, I'm not eager to to sign a starter again, like we were talking about. This is a this free agent market's crazy. We just saw Noah Syndergaard get, I think, 13 million. And he turned down more like he took a Dodgers discount. So a guy like Noah Syndergaard, who didn't have a great season last year, you're having to pay like 15 million. And I, I just have a hard time seeing the Rockies do that. Right. Um you know, I don't think of there's a guarantee a veteran starter is going to come to Coors Field and no. give you fifth starter production. Like you see, like Mike Miner's a free agent, could totally see him being a Rockies signing, and it would 
bust. Like, great. Yeah, there's a minor, a Mike Minor major league signing would be terrible. I, I mean, I'd be like, okay, at least you did. It's, it's probably for one year, but we're going to have to watch a lot of major, just like destructions yeah. from Minor. If that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. And, and I'm speaking for you when I say this, like we're not against the players getting their bag. Like they deserve the bag. I think you touched on it a little bit. I don't know if I made it clear enough. It was, it was the years for me that I'm glad that we're avoiding. And you, you made that pretty clear when you were speaking, but I would just want to make sure I'm clear on that too. Yeah. I want these guys. I, I want all the Get players to make a lot of money, but when you know where the Rockies are at, their payrolls already increased. Like, I, there's a guy, John Becker, on on Twitter. He does a bunch of spreadsheet stuff. He he keeps track of the payroll increase. I think the Rockies are at like sixteen percent increase already. They have they've barely done anything. They're already at a sixteen percent payroll increase, which was like third in baseball. They're not shelling out a lot of like this is not the off season to go shell out a big contract. It you need to kind of reevaluate some things. Um, you're gonna have Charlie Blackman, Randall Grichik, C.J. Cron off the book. Uh, next year so that next season is when and, and you said this at the beginning of the pod this is about figuring out 2024 they're going to add someone significant for 2024 yeah they're just they're going to have a little bit of money to spend they're going to do that so yeah man i keep forgetting about randall <laughs> i keep forgetting he's also out there there's a yeah, where these the guys all play all. they have like seven or eight guys to play like yeah. three corner positions and a dh like it's just it's a little rough and you don't really have a utility oh it's gonna be interesting that's what well, we're gonna play that yeah. game in february Who's the utility guy is like Hamp, Cole, Hamp do they is think Cole tucker is the utility guy alan Maybe. trejo might be able to play a little here and there he was playing third base a little bit for the isotopes last year well, like and then you have so many players can, who can run and you know the, yeah. the one reason i defended I know, garrett hampson is that he played a solid infield defense and had the speed to make plays in center. I mean, yeah, he, in the end, could not hit to save his life. But that was a fun and important skill set to have. And, and that doesn't exist. I'm, I kind of wish they had done something to, to get, like, Jace Peter. Well, Jace Peterson wouldn't play center. But, like, he signed with the Athletics. A utility guy, I think a lot of people love to, you know, shit on versatility. I think it's, it is overrated, but it's necessary still. You need you need one guy that you just put in there, and Hampson yeah. seems it was that guy. And I, I I'm wondering who they have, but like you have so many guys that can play multiple. Like you have Joe that can play outfield, corner outfield, first base. Totally a out corner outfield, first base. Nolan Jones could put be plugged in at third base. You have Ryan McMahon that can play everywhere except for short in the infield. So you do have these guys that can move around, but you don't have that one guy that you can put wherever. Like the fact that there really isn't a true backup center, like that scares me. What's weird is just no see, and this is why I've been clamoring for a center fielder. You know, Daza, we Daza can play. Yeah. We'll let Daza play. Doyle still has some things to prove. Not a guy you want to just give the leash right now. Center field, you could use depth. Shortstop. Who if Ezekiel Tovar has a a rough spring, not knock on wood that that doesn't happen. Yeah. But that we realize, hey, maybe he's not ready for the everyday starting job. Who's playing shortstop? I mean, you have Alan Trejo, but um, you know, I I don't think there's that many people who would go out there and argue Alan Trejo should be, you know, your starting opening day shortstop. Like there needs to be moves to get those really valuable positions that can, not everyone can play. 
Um, you know, I like them having versatility everywhere else, but in my mind, the even when ones, I think of versatility, I think of shortstop, second base, center field, because most guys can't play those positions. Yep. You need someone who can play all three of them or at least two of the three. And I mean, they're they're a little they're a little thin in that that department. So. Rockies need to go uh, trade for Dylan, no Dalton Varsho from the Diamondbacks. That would be a fantastic move. Lefty out, would, lefty outfielder, center catcher. I would it, I would love that. I don't think the Rockies have ever made a trade with the Diamondbacks, um, but that'd be fun because they're they're looking to move some of their guys. Um, but yeah, that is a big concern. But like touching back on it, and then we'll move on. You don't want to fill that need with a seven-year contract. You don't want to fill that need with a six-year contract. And like the fact that they avoided Nemo to fill in a center field role is I'm okay with. Like, give me a one or two-year versatility guy, see what we can come up with. Um, or just let the kids play. Like you call up Doyle, but he's not gonna get the at bats. You call up Trejo, can he he only can fill in at short or second, third? Like you just are missing some some of that Garrett Hampson. That might be a big one that we missed. I don't know. Um, we'll see how it plays out. All right, let's end it here. And we are going a little bit long, and I know you have a thing you have to get to. So we, I might just, like, break this down into two pods and just, like, give give you post and pre, pre and post Christmas pod. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. We don't know ever know what we're doing over here at BSB. So you're along for the ride just as much as we are. Um, so last week, last time – James and I talked about just who are going to be the guys that make a major league impact. Um, I called out Montero and Feltner. James had Crone and Tolia, which was big for James to call, say, Michael Tolia, because he's a big Grant Levine guy. But where did CJ Crone come from? It was just who's going to make a big Im- impact. And okay. just, just, just major league impact. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so Crone's going to hit 25 dongs. I said Montero's going to hit 25 dongs. Tolia's going to hit 20 plus. And I really think Feltner takes that that switch um you and i though this is the road to blake street the road to blake street the minor league pod what are some prospects we're gonna do a snake draft who are two prospects that are gonna make an impact at the major league level um so just think about that we just kind of touched base like who's gonna fill in um snake draft i'm thinking of a number one or two go you guess who gets first pick Two. I'm gonna say two. It was two. All right. So you get to right. go first. You get the first draft, first snake draft. The head of the snake is yours. This is this is the inaugural inaugural road to Blake Street Major League Impact pod or draft. Um, <laughs> this is this is pressure. Now I'm gonna go Gavin Hollowell. The we didn't even is, mention is, his name earlier when we were talking yeah. about. Oh no, yeah, arms. no, I I, I didn't want to mention one. him for this for this reason. I there had to go. keep my sleeper. In, in there <laughs> um Gavin Hall I mean the stuff is really good yeah like does. I don't want to judge him last year because he went from double a to the majors dude was probably like wait what but he needed to be protected and he's worth being protected yes uh, I think he stuff wise I think he's like top three or four in the pen that experience the command will come along um, so I think if that if that happens this year he could work his way into a seventh inning goal be that third, maybe fourth guy in the bullpen that you rely on. Um, and you, the Rockies need more stuff in the pen. They've had, they have a lot of guys that are, they balance stuff and command. You need a guy with this command, but like the stuff is, is, is great. And that's Gavin Hollowell. If, if you know, he can just find his comfort zone. 
So it's my my number one. I, I like him as, you know, one of the relievers of the future. I love that pick. And if you all haven't seen Gavin Hollowell pitch, you need to go see it. He was light out for the GOATs last year. He was so much fun. He was much, much, must see, must watch TV last year. Um, I really like that pick. A, a frisbee, frisbee slider. So cool. It's nasty. Oh, yeah. So it's getting me excited just thinking about watching him. Um, I came in this blind. And I was going to go Gavin. I was thinking Gavin. So I'm kind of, I have two or three here. Made minor league impact at the major league level. I mean, I think Brenton Doyle has the biggest shot to do that. So I'm going to go Brenton Doyle. Um, just dude, man, can pl- pick it. He can play center field in Coors. He can play a major league defense. The bat has some work. He was finding his groove. I think he made some adjustments late last season in Hartford. He started hitting some dongs. And he was finding that 20 homers, I think, by the end of the season. Um, strikeouts a little too much. And that's one of those things he worked on. And I guarantee you he's one of the first ones to tell me if we had him on, if he checked his DMs, um, he would – I'm working on my strikeouts. Like, I'm, you know he's thinking about it. So, beyond that, you kind of just want a guy that can run the outfield. You want a guy, a guy that can handle it out there. And I think Brinson Doyle can do that. And I think that's what gets him that playing time as a major leaguer he'll start he'll start in triple a maybe even double a see what he could do out there see what they put in there um but i'm going to brenton doyle as my as the number two my number one minor minor impact at the major league level um and then i'm going i'm going arm barn too i'm going to go i'm going to go with the prodigal son riley pint story's too good not to he's on the 40 man control Command, all that is still an issue. Walked a lot, but he kind of figured it out at the end of his stint in Hartford. Transition to Albuquerque wasn't so great, but his stuff is major league ready. You're piping 9900 with the, the changeup slider on top of it. And dude, man, was playing old man softball this time of year, last year. And he's now on the 40 man. He seems happier. All the guys that we talked to are like, dude, he's just, he loves it. Um, text chain like hey guys what are you doing news wasn't playing so i think he has kind of figured that out and you got daniel bard that can walk him through it that veteran presence so i'm going riley pint will make a major league impact a minor a minor impact at the major league level this year we'll get this eventually i <laughs> there's so much fun with it like i don't know which words i want to use in which order i think we can i think that we know what we're saying. I hope whoever's I hope whoever's listening Thanks, knows Mom. what we're getting at. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like both of those. Doyle, he's gonna play good defense. He's also no matter what with the bet, he's gonna run into like ten home runs. He's kind of yeah. like a Sam Hilliard from the right side. He'll run into some home runs. Um, and then with Pint, like if that dude's arm is still as talented as it was three or four years ago, like just just only upside. Keep it a little tame, and and he's gonna be an MLB arm. So yeah, I'm excited to see him. Um, you know, crack the the MLB roster. He's gonna make his debut no matter what. The Rockies are gonna make sure he makes his debut, even if he has a nine ERA at Albuquerque. He will make his debut, um, at Coors Field at some point. My second pick. I thought you were gonna take him at some point, Ryan Rollison. The, the guy we've just been waiting on for years. So like he was supposed to debut like... in 2020. 
he was like on the taxi squad. They were considering giving him his debut, but they didn't want to start the clock, you know, which I understand because now you flash forward 2022, he still hasn't made his MLB debut. So the options are running. The service time, though, is not. So no service time as of yet. But the guy, I don't think he's going to be some elite electric type of pitcher. But the expectations, you know, they've come down from mid-rotation starter to like fifth fifth starter. Worst case, this guy's probably a swing man. And I don't know, that's maybe the role he fills this year. But it's a decent fastball from the left side. He was drafted for his curveball. His secondary stuff has come along a little bit. So, you know, it's a starter's arsenal. The pedigree is really what you're after, though. This is a dog. This is a competitor. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what he does regardless. Apparently, he's he's fully healthy. He's ready to roll in spring training. So, um, you know, that is going to be one of the biggest storylines, I think. is His upside still is a mid-rotation starter. There's not many guys in the system that truly are those like mid rotation guys. There's a handful. None of them are, are, are have pitched at triple a and done so effectively. So Ryan Rawlinson is like that one dude right now who, if his arm is healthy next year, there's a, the sky is truly the limit. You know, he could be that piece that pushes the Rockies in the right direction, you know, post like a two win two war season. Um, you know, that's very much in his range of outcomes. I, I wouldn't bet on it, but it's certainly possible. I think he'll make a handful of really solid starts, though, at the least. I love that. Yeah, very Ryan Feltner vibes. In uh, was it 2020 when he made his debut? I th- or was I it think last it was year? Twenty end of 21. Yeah, he made his debut. Years are hard. Yeah, very. And I'll very say I I like Feltner, Feltner a little bit more than Rollison, but I am not considering Feltner that minor yeah he's not a minor league. he's a major leaguer yeah right yeah you know i i love that dude his stuff is fantastic i think it's important to keep in mind and, and this is kind of an issue to go forward but his arm strength wavers as the season goes on i think that's maybe something that'll improve as, as we go but we saw in 2021 when he made his that? debut yeah. it was it was not great his stuff he went from mid 90s to low 90s at the end of the season same thing basically happened this past year. Teams kind of got a book on him. My big thing, Ryan Feldman needs to throw his changeup. It's a good pitch, and he throws it like 10% of the time. Like, throw that a little bit more. Throw your fastball a little. His fastball can be really good, but throw it a little bit less. Fastballs get hit. So, Ryan Feldman, I think, will be a dude. He would have been my number one pick if he was still the right. prospect. Him and, him and the, the Ryans, Feldner and Rollinson. That's what I'm watching this year. That's really where the Ryan there's a lot up in the air for the Rockies. There's, there's so Ryan's. there is potential. There's it's there, and I'm gonna just call out our guy. Um, guys, honorable mention. I'm taking your honorable mention. Carl Kaufman and Noah Davis. Um, just starters are going to be abundant. They need them, and Noah Davis is nasty. Um, so that's it. I'm gonna turn it to here is three outs with the prospect grant levine or enjoy your winter break i have no idea what this is where this is going i gave you both outros and i'm not editing it i'm not editing it you get to pick your own adventure you can just skip ahead go back 15 seconds whatever you want you don't know what's about to happen this is truly a christmas gift you don't know what you're getting you might get something really interesting 
or you might just get some peace of mind that you've been craving the entire time you've been listening to us. Yeah, you're Either welcome way, you for that suspense. Yep. So it could be 10 minutes of silence. It could be 10 minutes of Grant Levine talk. Who knows? Either way, one's going to be better than the other. Um, so <laughs> crossing our fingers, Grant gets back to us. Um, we'll go from there and enjoy your holidays because we will not be talking to you until then. Um, Tyler, we'll keep in touch this week. We'll figure out some stuff. And um, as always, go Rocks, minor league affiliates. Whoa! Welcome to a banter session. James, say what's up. How's it going? Grant, say hi. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Love talking to guys coming back a few times now. And um, you came, you're you're in the off season. You just had, you just told us about your trip from getting up back home. But uh, what's the off season training like in Florida right now? Yeah, so actually... I do most of my training in New Hampshire out of like a uh, travel ball team facility that I played for, you know, going through high school. Okay. Um, but I went down to Louisiana. I went to the Marucci place to get, you know, bat fitted. So kind of did like that whole thing. And then after we did that, we just went to Florida for a week and just trained down there. And now we're back home. Nice. So was that your first bat fitting? Or is that something that happens every year? Uh, no, that was the first time I've ever done it. So, no, it was pretty interesting. Like, they did, like, a bunch of different tests. And then you kind of go into the cage and they put you, like, with all these sensors on you. And it measures, like, uh, kind of like your sequencing and, like, how fast your body is moving from those uh, parts. So, kind of gives you, like, a little insight to, like, you know, if you could sequence a little bit better and, you know, it helps them, you know, figure out, like, what kind of bat you need to swing. That's insane. I didn't know there was that much to that. I was like, all right, go grab your 34-31. Do you want the axe battle stick or do you want the knob bottom? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, ooh. when I was going through it, um, you know, towards the end, they kind of just gave me, like, five bats that they thought would kind of be the best. And I took, like – I don't know, like six to eight swings with each one. And, you know, after, you know, we finished, they have like the rap soda going. So it's obviously measuring like exit below and launch angle and all that stuff distance. Yeah. Kind of, they have like some format where how it, it ranks all the bats based on those measurements. And, you know, I ended up kind of getting fitted for, I'm sure you've probably seen it. It's the, um, they call it a puck knob. Uh, Goldschmidt was swinging it this year, and Arenado was swinging it too, but you can't see because he puts his hand over it. Right. And so that's what I ended up getting fitted for. So it was pretty interesting. That does sound really interesting. So what was the – what are we swinging? I don't know the exact model, but it's a puck knob and is either a 33-inch or a 33-and-a-half. I'm okay. getting you know, two of them just kind of – whatever I feel most comfortable with now. Yeah, of course. Right. So what I heard there is we're going to have about a 20, 25 Homer increase next season up in Hartford with all, with the puck knob. That's all, that's all I heard. That'd be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be down for that. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's crazy. I didn't know there was that much into it. 
I'm definitely gonna be looking at your bat now. So that's <laughs> that's cool. What colorway are we going with? Are we going like an ash? Are we going a dark cedar? Uh, I like going with a black handle and then kind of like a natural barrel. Like okay. in videos, I kind of yeah. like seeing, I like seeing the barrel kind of like whoosh through. Uh, that's kind of my preference. <laughs> Aesthetics are important. I love that. I love that. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about your 2022 season. It's crazy that it's 22. Um, so you were in Spokane, got yep. the call to Hartford. I guess just from your perspective, like what was the difference between the high A and the double A? And then what was the difference between playing at like Spokane, LaVista Stadium and Dunkin' Donuts Park? Like we always hear a few different things about each one. And one's hard to hit in, one's a pitcher's park, just like from your perspective, that first mm-hmm. initial reaction. Yeah, I mean, for stadiums, I mean, Hartford's like top of the line. I mean, you know, they pack it out every night. You know, the crowd's really good. Um, they actually have a batter's eye, which is pretty nice. Um, I mean, not many fields in the Northwest League actually have batter's eye. I want to say maybe two of them have a batter's eye. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice, you know, like being able to see the ball really clear. <laughs> but <laughs> Do, that that does make a big difference, that batter's eye. Oh, yeah. I mean, in like Everett or, yeah, in Everett, like sometimes you would see like, if it was like a cloudy day, like the ball would like go into the clouds and you just couldn't see it. <laughs> and and hey, that sounds like dumb, but like that's actually how it was. Yeah, no, I believe it. But like, yeah, I mean, some of them were kind of weird. Um, even like Eugene, like if it was like a sunny day, uh, the, the batter's eye was weird to like if it was the like, sun was going against it, it would kind of like light up and you couldn't really see like any spin of the ball so like mm-hmm. if he was throwing like a slider or, i don't know like a change up curveball like you weren't picking it up it kind of just looked like a fastball like good luck here that's that's wild too yeah some hitters would say picking up spins kind of important oh yeah for sure <laughs> i mean you gotta make those decisions <laughs> right uh what about the competition what was the biggest difference in like seeing a double a pitcher some of those big dogs up there I would say the biggest difference is a lot of them had a cutter, which I don't think I really saw any of those in high. I mean, most guys in high were kind of just like fastball or sinker, um, slider, curveball change, whatever. Mm-hmm. Guys in double A, like sometimes they had like even like kind of like three fastballs. Like some of them had like the four scene that would like ride. Uh, some of them like even had like the sinker or they had the cutter like the Yankees and Red Sox so uh, the Somerset and Portland team they all had like cutters and sinkers like it just made it tough because like you see the ball going down the middle and the next thing you know it's in on your hands and you're like damn I just broke my bat (laughs) (laughs) yeah as a as a hitter how do you prepare for that amount of fastballs i mean it's it seems impossible mm-hmm. yeah i mean you kind of obviously you look at the scouting report and you know we, with ours you can see like how much break each pitch has and or if the fastball has carry you you know you know that going into it so you kind of have to um kind of like set your sights to a spot like for me like if i'm facing like a guy with a carry fastball I'm trying to look lower in the zone, 
just because if he throws it up in the zone, it's going to be really hard to hit and it's just going to go work above your barrel. So you kind of want to bring that pitcher low. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like – is this, thought, is this thought process just like playing out from pitch to pitch or uh, are you trying to, are you trying to see a couple pitches first or are you trying to jump on one right away? Uh, I don't like trying to like get behind the count. Like I want to be, you know, ready to hit from the first pitch of the AB. Um, like I usually have like a good idea what it's going to look like because pregame we'll do, uh, we'll take like the machine and we can set it to like his spin rate or how much movement he's going to have if he's a sinker guy. And so, you know, that way you can kind of figure out where in the zone you want to look. Yeah. So, so for me, I, I like to be ready to go from the first pitch. I don't want to, you know, get behind because with the pitchers in double A, you know, they got, I mean, they'll kind of take advantage of that. Right. Yeah. If you're going three, four deep that you have to be worried about, like no matter how good of a hitter you are, you still are worried about that and you have to adjust. That's yeah, that would do it. So, so yeah, you had some growing pains in Hartford. So I I think that kind of chops up to like what that big difference was there mm-hmm. um, making a game plan. And from that, um, yeah. but James and I had a theory going in, going into the season, like when you got the call to Hartford, mm-hmm. that's kind of when Tolia decided to take it up a notch and like we were discussing like the the competition breeds a little that next tier up was there any sense of like you guys kind of building off of each other competition wise but teammate wise like like bringing each other up just that next level uh i don't know i think we you know we just both really you know wanted to win and do whatever we could to help the team win so you know, like you kind of just put the team in situations where, mm-hmm. you know, you put together good at bats. And I think for most of the time when me and him were there, I think we were kind of back to back in the order. And, you know, like we'd always, you know, kind of string some good ABs together and it would help guys kind of drive us in and mm-hmm. ultimately win games. Yeah. Yeah. Helping. Yeah. Having that extra bat in there. Yeah. That makes sense. Did you guys like play ping pong or rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to play right field? <laughs> no, I think that was uh, <laughs> kind of like died before I even got there, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. He can, I mean, he looked good in right field when I was playing there. You know, he made some good catches, some sliding, you know, diving catches. So I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. He, he definitely held his own. He made a few nice plays in Albuquerque when he got that call up, too. Um, but yeah, just you guys being those that first baseman, first baseman, just like feeding off of each other. Just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we'll we'll end it with this. We have family, we have the holidays, we are doing this right before Christmas Eve Eve. Um, if you're leaving out something for Santa, what are you leaving out? What are you putting on the chimney steps there? Definitely some chocolate chip cookies. I don't think. I think any, anything else is the wrong answer, in my opinion. Chocolate chip cookies. Now, that's new. What are you leaving, James? Chocolate chip cookies, yeah. Every okay, I'm the Christmas. weird one? Yes, definitely. And milk. <laughs> I mean, you got to... Cookies and milk, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I have the sugar cookies. No. Uh, no? Not a, no. Santa's not going to be happy with that. <laughs> no? 
We also left him a. We're gonna leave him out a glass of whiskey too to. I knew it. Help down, yeah. <laughs> help help down those chocolate chip cookies. I mean, you can only have, take so much milk, right? True. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a classic combo. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with cookies and milk. Yeah. The chocolate chip is new to me. That's really. That's, yeah, we always do sugar cookies. I always have like people. Say that again. So I always felt like just chocolate chip cookies and milk was a staple. I didn't think anybody else did anything different. Yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think I, anybody did anything different. I, I'm the weird one. All right, guys, we got it. I'm the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, la- and last last question, promise. What are you putting on your Christmas list? Just in general, not even baseball related, unless you want to make it baseball related. What are you putting on that Christmas list? I don't know. Kind of, you know, I want some pair of dunks. To be honest, I haven't. I never had a pair, so I mean, I think it'd be nice to have a couple of those. I mean, a lot of guys got those. Veen for sure. He's a, probably the biggest shoe guy on our team that I know. Yeah, he's got he's got a little swag about him. How many how many pairs of shoes does that man have? Uh, probably way too many. <laughs> I feel like, oof. Yeah, yeah. We'll just leave like, it at that. He has like a shoe and a shirt. To go or a shirt to go with the shoe that matches like perfectly. God, it's so cool to have that much swag. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually that's I, I have dunks on my list too. I don't think I'm getting them, but I would I would like some a pair of Jordan ones too. I could do some Jordan ones. What color dunks are you going with? I really like the pandas. I know that's super cliche for an old white man to say, like the the panda dunks, but I like yep. those. Um, and I I'd rock I'd rock a purple. Purple color white too, hmm. for sure. Yeah. What like about that. you? What are you putting on? Cool. I mean, I like the baby blue ones, the Carolina blue. Those are pretty sweet. Um, I don't know, maybe we get. They should make a color away with uh, the purple and you know, like that tealish color that you know Arenado kind of started. I feel like that'd be pretty sweet. Oh yeah, that would be sweet. Oh, that would be cool. James, you have a hookup, right? <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> all right i love Here, it Thanks. i got a question for you guys oh okay first one it'll go uh which uh affiliate team are you most looking forward to next year just following i i'm going hard for yard goats um it's easy for me to watch the yard goats because they start at seven i like the same time zone and that kind of stuff yeah but um, the yard goats are actually making their way to Akron this summer. Hmm. And so that's close enough for me to maybe get a weekend away to go see the actually, actually see the yard goats play. So I'm always a big fan of the yard goats. Um, I mean, hopefully you're there, but not really there type thing. <laughs> um, we'll but see. I'm definitely a yard goats, yard goats through and through. That's usually the most for me. Yeah, I gotta agree. Hartford to me is the most exciting and you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like double A is where the talent really kind of separates and, and guys that are doing well in double A typically can do well in the major leagues pretty much at any time. It's mm-hmm. so um, that's what I look forward to. Cause I know when somebody takes off in double A, you know, it's only yeah. a matter of time before they're making an impact. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was probably the, also the biggest thing I noticed is the amount of uh, like, MLB rehabs that they have going on there is mm-hmm. pretty crazy. 
Like I never. I feel like we faced at least like one or two every week. It felt like. Yeah. Who Who did you face? Did you face anybody like Scherzer or anybody? Uh, let's see, Severino, Rich Hill, Matt Barnes, uh, Trevor May. We had that one game where we faced uh, Chapman, Zach Britton, and Miguel Castro. <laughs> wow. Well, all, all three in a row. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. like one of those games where you're like, you know, you're facing like the regular start. And obviously he's still really good, but you're like, dang, I got to get a hit off this start. <laughs> <laughs> Did, is that when Hartford had a walk-off against Chapman? I don't know. I might I I, remember that. I think that I was think early. He, they faced him twice because I know uh, it was like the playoff one almost, and they brought Chapman in. <laughs> yeah, so it was that, the first half. I remember that. Yeah, they were so close to getting the playoff, and it felt like they brought in Chapman just to get to that playoff push. And then they yeah. had that a little bit at the end when they had the death row, yeah. those three heads that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Let's. Did you get a hit off any of them? Like, or, and then. Did, is there like a big difference? Can you tell the big difference between like the major leaguers that were there in rehab and like some of the the prospects that you're facing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, kind of what I noticed is that, like, the big leaguers kind of just you know they just go after you. They don't really you know care. I mean, <laughs> if you get right. a hit or a double, no, they don't care. Just they're on to the next batter, and you know they're just trying to you know get the job done. Right. Yeah, I can see that mentality playing up there. That makes sense. Grant, I appreciate you. Thank you for doing this, even after your crazy 24 hours travel. Um, I'm sure we'll do it again and just keep yes, doing sir. you, man. Will yes. do. Stay warm. Yeah, stay warm. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank right. you. Appreciate you, Grant. Grant. Thank you, man. No problem. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.